Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily, um, excuse me, daily reading conference call where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we're reading Chapter 30, Section 3, Freedom of Will, Paragraphs 33 through 37. You can find an original edition by going to jcim.net, and there you will find on the link, original edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice until we're finished with our assignment. Let's see. We invite our daily workbook lesson into our study. It's lesson number 314. I seek a future different from the past. And then finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times by using your own device um, mute functions. So has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list to say hello? All right. At this moment, we need an opening prayer. If anyone has one, that would be great. And right now we have Catherine listening, Lee, Sharon, Carl, Fran, and Wendy in reading order. Uh, Mary's here. Hi, Mary. Do you have a prayer? I know you want to read. Yeah, want to read. Yeah, <laughs> I can Terrific. All right. When you're ready. It's from uh, Ellen Watson from Lessons 305. There is a peace that Christ bestows on us. Father, help me today to accept the gift of peace and not to judge it. Speak to me of my wholeness. Let me understand that what I see that contradicts peace is not real and does not matter. It is only my self-judgment, which is not real, Projected on the world, which is not real. Heal my mind, Father. Peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. I am home. I am loved. I am safe. We thank you, Father, for each other and for your love. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Amen. Thanks, Mary. Chris, this is Paul. I'm listening. I'm driving, so okay. I'm here with you guys. Thank you. All right. Are you there, Chris? Am I here? Yeah, not only that, I'm halfway through this awesome paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you couldn't hear it. Here we go, Chapter 30, uh, Section 3, Freedom of Will, 33. 
Do you not understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight your, yourself? He tells you but your will, and he speaks for you. In his divinity is but your own, and all he knows is but your knowledge, saved for you that you may do your will through him. God asks you do your will, and he joins with you. And he did not set his kingdom up alone. And heaven itself but represents your will, where everything created is for you. No spark of life what, but was created with your glad consent as you would have it be. And not one thought that God has ever had but waited for your blessing to be born. God is no enemy to you. And he asks no more that he hear you call him friend. Lee, 33 and 34, please. Do you not understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself? He tells you but your will. He speaks for you. And his divinity is but your own. And all he knows is but your knowledge saved for you that you may do your will through him. God asks you do your will. He joins with you. He did not set his kingdom up alone. And heaven itself but represents your will where everything created is for you. No spark of life but was created with your glad consent as you would have it be. And not one thought that God has ever had but waited for your blessing to be born. God is no enemy to you. He asks no more than that he hear you call him friend. 34. How wonderful it is to do your will. For that is freedom. There is nothing else that ever should be called by freedom's name. Unless you do your will, you are not free. And would God leave his son without what he has chosen for himself? God but ensured that you would never lose your will when he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. God would not have his son made prisoner to what he does not want. He joins with you in willing you be free. And to oppose him is to make a choice against yourself and choose that you be bound. Thank you, Lee. Sharon, 34 and 35, please. How wonderful it is to do your will. For that is freedom. There is nothing else that should be called by freedom's name. Unless you do your will, you are not free. And would God leave his son without what he has chosen for himself? God but ensured that you would never lose your will when he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. God would not have his son made prisoner to what he does not want. 
He joins with you in willing you be free. And to oppose him is to make a choice against yourself and choose that you be bound. Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now, hear God speak to you through him, who is his voice, and yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless. It is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. Remember, he who has created you and through your will created everything. Not one created thing but gives you thanks for it is by your will that it was born. No light of heaven shines except for you for it was set in heaven by your will. Thank you, Sharon. Carl, 35 and 36. Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate, you choose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now hear God speak to you through him who is his voice, as yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless. It is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. Remember he who has created you and through your will created everything. No one created no one created thing but gives you thanks, for it is by your will that it was born. No light of heaven shines except for you, for it was set in heaven by your will. thirty six. What cause what cause have you for anger in a world which merely waits your blessing to be free? If you be prisoner, then God himself could not be free. For what is done to him whom God so loves is done to God himself. Think not that he wills to bind you. Who has made you co-creator of the universe with him? He would be keep your will forever and forever limitless. Thanks, Carl. Uh, friend, 36 and 37, please. 36. What cause have you for anger in a world which merely waits your blessing to be free? If you be prisoner, then God himself could not be free. For what is done to him, whom God so loves, is done to God himself. Think not he wills to bind you, who has made you co-creator of the universe along with him. He would but keep your will forever and forever limitless. 
37. This world awaits the freedom you will give when you have recognized that you are free. But you will not forgive the world until you have forgiven him who gave your will to you. For it is by your will the world is given freedom. Nor can you be free apart from him whose holy will you share. God turns to you to ask the world be saved. For by your own salvation it is healed. And no one walks upon the earth but must depend on your decision. That he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom as he shares your will. It is your will to heal him. And because you have decided with him, he is healed. And now is God forgiven. For you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Oh, thank you, friend. Wendy, 37, please. 37. This world awaits the freedom you will give when you have recognized that you are free. But you will not forgive the world until you have forgiven him who gave you, who gave your will to you. For it is by your will the world is given freedom. Nor can you be free apart from him whose holy will you share. God turns to you to ask the world be saved. For by your own salvation it is healed. And no one walks upon the earth but must depend on your decision. That he learned death has no power over him because he shares your freedom as he shares your will. It is your will to heal him, and because you have decided with him, he is healed. And now is God forgiven, for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Thank you, Wendy. And now is God forgiven, for you chose to look upon your brother as a friend. Amen. The floor is open. This is Carl. I really... Um like the very first sentence in the first paragraph. Um, Do you understand that to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself? Oops, am I gone? Nope. Oh, okay. Now you're there. I heard a sound that sounded like I I hung up myself or something. Anyway, um, to oppose the Holy Spirit is to fight yourself. Well, what does that say? Here's what that says to me. It says that I am the Holy Spirit. It says, and then when I I break that down a little bit more, um, there is an aspect of the Holy Spirit that is my true self. The Holy Spirit is the spirit that we all share in oneness. But there is a, an aspect that's my true self that's leading me back, um, that's healing me. 
and and I just really enjoy being reminded of that that uh, I that the Holy Spirit not only is in me but it is who I really am it's my true self and it helps me establish a closer relationship um, and I don't even know if that's the right word closer relationship because what what's going to happen as time goes on as time goes on is that we all as well as I will become my true self that the false self will just simply fade away and that is who and when I say become that's kind of a strange word too because that's who we are but I guess it may be a better way to say it is the is use the word realization uh, that that is who I am so I'm complete thanks Carl thanks yeah thank you Carl thank you Carl This is Mary. I, paragraph 35 was speaking to me. Uh, look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Now hear God speak to you through him, through him who is his voice and yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. Your will is boundless. It is not your will that it be bound. What lies in you has joined with God himself in all creation's birth. There's a voice in me that tells me how true this is, that when I am irritated, least bit irritated or angry, hate is a hard word for me to say, but hatred, that I am not happy, that fear comes up, And I do not want to choose that. I want to choose. But in order to do so, I have to be still and listen to the Holy Spirit's voice to understand what is truly my will. Because my ego screams loudly that love is not my will. But I know deep inside that love is my will. Ah, uh, thank you. I'm complete. <laughs>
That's so sweet, Mary. Thank you. Beautiful, Mary. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Mary. Good morning, it's Lee, and one of the last um, sections, I don't think it was during Rules for Decision. It may have been um, in the prior section, the last one of 29. Um, I'm introduced again to the idea that I have made of God an enemy to me um, when I took up with the ego's thought system it was important that I defend, in order to retain the ego's thought system, important that I defend against the truth, defend against light, defend against love, which I, I fear in the same way that I fear the truth. All of these things I deeply fear will annihilate me or annihilate what I've come to believe about myself and everything. So I defend against all of these things, I defend against the reality of you. We were introduced to the fact that this is what he means by our, our insistence of a gap, a gap between ourselves and others, a gap between what I believe myself to be and the truth of me, that I enforce that gap in order to defend against the truth. So part of that is that as soon as I turned away from what God offers me, by way of recognition of my reality across this world and life, I choose into a kind of an alternate reality and an alternate self where I need to defend against God himself. Where God, instead of being all that this section describes, as his understanding of my station and my reality, his intention for me across this life, where instead of that, I choose this diminished sense of self. And I choose literally the denial of life and the substitution of the ego's version of things, which worships over life itself, the power of death to stand victor over life as one of the consequences of how skewed the ego's thought system is toward this life and world. And so you'll recall that we're, that we're, um, that we're persuaded that, that um, life is a steady march toward death and decay. And he holds something entirely different in a different part of our minds, which is not at all the worship of death in the way that I've just described, but is the worship of life. So at all times in this offer to me that there's a part of my mind Holy Spirit could restore to me, 
restore the acquaintance with that would begin to introduce an entirely different outlook toward this life and world. At all times, I have to recognize that what stands in the way is my fear of God. It's my resistance to God. It's having made God my enemy. And we've spoken about how he'll often just, in a capsule way, speak of resisting something as a hatred. So either I recognize God is right here and so available and so wishes that I snap out of this false sense of myself and a false sense of the world. I recognize that he's right here. But I recognize that it's the ego that orients me to resist him so mightily and make of him an enemy. What this five paragraphs leads me to in the end is an invitation that by recognizing all that God offers, all that he wishes for me, and recognizing that that's my own inmost innate will for my completion and my healing, that I can come to forgive God my own resistance to him, my own fear of him, that's why he mentions forgiving God twice in that single paragraph where he does. But in 34, where he ends the paragraph by saying, and to oppose him, to oppose God, is to make a choice against yourself and choose that you be bound. And in 35, where he says, look once again upon your enemy, He's not talking, he's, he's speaking to me of my father. I have chosen to make of my father an enemy. And if I look once again upon my enemy, this one that I chose to hate instead of love, it's very powerful to me that he's inviting me, revisit. Please, Lee, your decision to stand opposed to your father's love and his wish for you by your fear and your resistance to what Holy Spirit's trying to whisper to you always about the truth of you and about the truth of everything. He'll tell me in that second sentence of 35 that my resistance to God was the birth of of resistance into the world. He'll call it hatred, but it's resistance. It's denial. It was the birth of denial into the world. My first impulse, wherever that occurred, to take the offer of my father's love and just turn away from it long enough to lose it. I just lost my access to it and ventured into the ego's dream of fear. Anyway, I'm just I'm reading in this all that all in the in the strongest terms that I find anywhere in the course. These five paragraphs describe how each of us sits right at God's side. 
co-creators of the universe with him. That's our station. That's our being. That is what I'm led in the Course to believe that Jesus had recognized and understood for himself. And what he assures us that he simply learned in advance of our own instruction and that God and the Holy Spirit are so um, anxious to re restore to us and to our awareness. Thanks, I'm complete. Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Beautiful. Thank you, Lee. Yes, that was beautiful, Lee. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Chris, normally we, we discover who's on um, with a long reading and readers. Could we open it for a moment and ask those that are listening that would like to say good morning? Great idea. To let us know they're here. Good morning. We had a short reading, you guys. Rob's here listening. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Bryce was here. Thank you, Lee. Good morning. Good morning, family. Anna is listening. Hi. That one didn't come through. My oh, ear went nuts. And it rejected that one. Somebody said hello. It was Anna. Hi, Anna. I got you that time. I'll put my mouth closer to the mic. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's perfect, then. And you have a lovely voice. Good morning. This is Sharon. And I was um, off doing something else, so I wasn't... Um, hearing what people's comments were, and I hope I'm not repeating anybody else's thoughts. I guess it's okay if I do. <laughs> um, I'm looking at I'll look, section, actually, paragraph 35. Look once again upon your enemy, the one you chose to hate instead of love. For those who, for thus was hatred born into the world, and thus the rule of fear established there. Immediately, what came to my mind when I read that is, oh man, this is this sounds awful to myself, so bear with me. What came to my mind is one of my oldest friends who I apparently have a love-hate relationship with um, in my mind. Um, she, I've spoken of her before. She um, is con continuously creates, at least it appears that she creates situations that make her miserable. She gets angry, very depressed, sad, and um, blows up and then starts over again and creates another one. She's been doing this for many years. And 
it just happened again. Um, and it's happening in three areas of her, the three major areas of her life. And I am looking at my own judgment of her and how I've, I turn her sometimes into my enemy. So I need to apply this. So reading on, now hear God speak to you through him who is his voice and yours as well, reminding you that it is not your will to hate and be a prisoner to fear, a slave to death, a little creature with a little life. So when I am in judgment, I stopped reading it. So when I'm in judgment of her, I am a little creature with a little life in that moment. And I don't want to be that anymore. I want, I so want to know how to see her when I have so much experience with her being, creating a life of misery for herself. And even that is a judgmental thing to say. So my job right now is to stop and ask for help. And I know that I'll help, have help because apparently my will is boundless and that my will is not that I be bound and that he was created me and through me wills everything for me. So I desire to be a loving assistant to my dear friend and every gentle might ever have in the future and am having right now be lifted and that all I can see is that she is boundless and full of potential and full of creation and full of God. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. If you don't hear me complimenting you, it's because I have to be on mute right now, but the compliments are all there in my mind, and I'm sending them to you. Thank you, Rob. This is Wendy. Um, The other day, uh, I was having a discussion with my niece uh, about a complicated dinner invitation to people that apparently don't like each other or trust each other. And um, my instinct was to be inclusive and invite everybody and trust that everybody would be polite. And uh, my niece presented a, a kind of a fierce depiction of addiction and how it can 
rear itself up, you know, if somebody can be polite and then suddenly be really um, edgy and harsh. And uh, the force of argument was... uh, was a little hard take and you know, kind of like a, a loud and, and aggressive lecture. Uh, thank God I, I held on to the Holy Spirit while it was going on and just stayed calm and didn't get reactive or, or say anything harsh back to her. But then pretty shortly after it was over, I remembered, oh, yeah, this is what I did to my sister. <laughs> It was pretty much the same. I gave her like a harsh lecture about addiction, somebody she's connected with that has an addiction. And and I thought, well, here it is. You know, it's just, it's just life mirroring back to me uh, stands that I take uh, and, and letting me know what it's like to stand in the windstorm of me. Um, so it was a, a good lesson and... Um, and uh, that's it. I'm complete. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, I Wendy. Love, I love your term, the windstorm of me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. Thank no, you, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Hey guys, this is Catherine. Good morning. Um, Sharon, I, I could really relate to your share and Wendy too. Um, I have a friend right now who's going through something very difficult and I, I could certainly say what's of her own making. Um, <clears throat> and and in, in this particular case, it's it feels personal to me because part of what she's going through is feeling <clears throat> paranoia and sort of separating from people. So uh, I'm trying to find that balance of not not having contact and not harassing someone who doesn't want contact um, to just try and be there for someone without stalking them. <laughs> if someone doesn't want you to be there and they're making it clear. And yet, I don't really want to just abandon her. So I'm not really sure what to do. But I do do know from the Course that I can, that no matter what, it is a call for love. No matter what the actual behavior is that I'm seeing, it's definitely a call for love. And I can respond to that person's higher self and send love. And... uh, but my ego definitely wants to take it personally and is saying, this is, you know, I have a definition of friendship and this isn't following it and blah, 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 blah. Um, so there's a program of recovery that I'm in that teaches me to separate a person from the behavior and that I can love the person and not the behavior. And it also frees me from the hate because gen- I think when I used to have love-hate relationships, especially with my parents and people who really were continually making messes 
of their lives. And was when I felt I had to rescue and it was my job to run in there and try and fix it. That's when I had the love-hate relationship because I hated when they did that. But when I was able to just set, you know, love and not necessarily get involved, it was easier for me. So it's all a little complex, but just wanted to um, share my experience. I'm complete. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Catherine, it's Chris. I love what you just said, and I'm sure I've heard it a million times before, that I can love the person and not the behavior. Um, sounds like you and I have the same friend. <laughs> um, that's very, very helpful. And a dear friend gave me this wonderful book called To See Differently. Now, for all the times that I've read <laughs> and studied um, our beloved Course in Miracles, this book, for some reason, seems to spell it out crystal clear. It's saying the same thing. And it says exactly what you just said, that I can still love someone past their behavior. Um, that's a new practice for me for this moment. I'm complete and really grateful. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Good morning, family. This is Anna, and um, thank you so much, um, Chris. For me this morning, um, what is dawning on my mind is the importance of letting go of the past um, is twofold in that uh, since I came into the illusion, I have been um, listening to other people's perception of who I am and my own perception of who I am but not the Holy Spirit's perception of who I am. And I can see over the years a buildup of who I think I am based upon other people's ideas of love. And it's just dawning on my mind, let it go, Anna, and take on a new definition of who you really are because people can only see what they perceive. And if they're skewed about themselves, they're also skewed about me. And this day, I choose not to take on any of my brother's perceptions so that my perception of both of us can be born in love and a new way of seeing each of us as long as I'm believing that what they say from their perception is true and I don't consult the Holy Spirit, then I am building my ego's uh, foundation still. And this is counter to what 
Christ is telling me to do. He's very, very clear in the rules for decision in the whole course about where I need to look for identification. And it's not here in the world of form. Because in the world of form, there is an absence of love. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Anna. Thank you, Anna. How true. Thanks, Anna. This is Anna again, and the rules for decision are really, for me, just a beautiful gift. It's like Jesus is saying, here is what is wrong about this dream that you are having, and now I'm going to show you how to release how to come back to heaven within yourself. And each moment is an opportunity to decide again for God. Thank you. I'm complete. Nice, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Anna. That, that was perfect, Anna. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Anna. Thank you, Anna. This is Bryce. Uh, so this section is reminding me I'm a co-creator of everything. <clears throat> and uh, there isn't anything that's been created that I don't have a part in. Um, if I uh, take this to heart, this section for me... I need to own that to be free. That's that's where everything gets turned right side up. When I realize I am not part of what I see in effects, nor is that real, um, when I perceive it as separate, from myself or my creator, uh, that is the dream of fear. When I have fallen into imagining that anything is happening to me, um, I see that this is saying that the answer is that nothing is ever happening to me. I am free from what is happening because I am part of the love that created everything. Therefore, I cannot be subject to anything that would be an effect. And that's freedom that the world awaits. When I have recognized that freedom, when I get caught up in 
belief that I'm subject to what happens and I fear it in any way or I judge anything, I'm really judging this part of myself that has forgotten I am one with the source that created everything. And when I judge anything, I judge myself. And I deny my part in in, in creation. This um, where it says not one created thing, but gives you think thanks for it is by your will that it was born. Do I believe that? No light of heaven shines except for you, for it was set in heaven by your will. Really? Remember, here's a solution for me. Remember, he who has created you and through your will created everything. There is my salvation. There is nothing that I am experiencing that hasn't passed through the loving hands of God and, and myself, my holy self. I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thanks, thanks Bryce. Bryce. Yeah, thank you, Bryce. No, I'm not. For, I'm not really complete. So, uh, you know, I get caught up in these little concerns. Um, Today I got really uh, caught up in the not okay corral uh, where I was at a new place and I was getting different information and I got completely into a place where I felt like I was a victim. And after reading this this morning, I feel like laughing now because I got caught up in this illusion that there's something happening that's against me. That's where I've lost my will to imagine that anything is ever against me is the lie that my ego has established about everything. says here, he gave you his perfect answer. Hear it now, that you may be reminded of his love and learn your will. You know, if I don't come to the solid recognition that everything that is happening is part of a holy gift of God. I am lost in illusion. I see lack of love where it isn't. 
because it's where I have imagined that I could be separate from what is my cause. That's this fighting myself. I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. It's an awesome place to come if we can uh, uh, read the Course and come to a place where um, where we say nothing ever happens to me and everything always happens for me. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and my understanding is that that's not how everyone feels, but um it's it's my experience and opinion um that uh, that that's where the course is taking me is to that recognition that when i feel things are happening to me that's part of what he's speaking of here by the imprisonment the uh, the openness that he offers me toward life, this wide open loving embrace of the gift of everything across this life and world, is so supreme that if I think of that as being just, if I just feel into the idea of being wide open and accepting and feeling perfectly safe knowing that I am safe, knowing that, um, that, just knowing that safety, if I just feel into that and then feel the difference between that and when I contract against circumstance based on some often just petty judgment, then I get the sense of what he means by having that contraction against the gift of life represent losing my way and becoming ensnared or imprisoned in my own beliefs and and assessments and judgments I just I get all wrapped up and ensnared and suddenly I don't see anything clearly anymore it's all just one playing out from moment to moment or day to day of struggling against my own fears, my own resistance. Anyway, thank you, Bryce. That's kind of uh, feeling-wise where you took me with that chair. Thank you, Lee. That was really helpful. Yes, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. This is Mary. Thank you, Lee. I also believe that, you know, uh, no matter what I create in this illusion, in my dream, in what feels real to me, that God, Holy Spirit, Jesus is always right here with me, making it 
for my happiness or for my healing rather than of what I made it for. So the correction is always possible, like Christ showed us, in each moment. God didn't create any pain or suffering or any of that for me. I did. But God's correction is right here, right now, in any moment that I do. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Paul. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks, Mary. Lee, going back to what you were saying, this Sharon, I really identify with the, the thought of any time that I think that something is happening to me, that is that is my how I trap myself. That's how I bind myself. And that is right now, right in that very moment is the victim mentality. If it's happening to me, I'm a victim. If it's happening for me, I'm being set free. It's as simple as that. So it's a great way for me to check my thoughts. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Sharon. This is Wendy. Um, I had this experience on Sunday where uh, I went to a Unity church uh, that I haven't been to very much, and uh, I met a fella. And uh, because I have kayaks on the top of my car, he struck up a conversation about uh, kayaking. So he approached me. He was very friendly and open, and... Uh, there was something kind of lit about him. And he discussed how he parked his bike at the end of his kayak trips, which this is something that I do, you know. And I'm like, oh, wow, we've we've got this in common. We both have this white hair. And so I go into the church, and it turns out he's, he's playing in the band. He's playing the bass like I play at a unity church, and he's singing the low harmony like I do. <laughs> I was like wow, I've, I've met my doppelganger, you know. So after church, I kind of screw up my courage. He's pulling out and encourage him to roll down his window so I can just tell him how good I thought the music sounded. And uh, he gets out of his car and come on, comes over and talks to me for a little while longer. Now, this is somebody I'm really attracted to. And, and we have all this in common. And uh, it, it feels like, you know, there may be some attraction on his part because he didn't just roll down his window and, and say a few things. He got out of his car and came over and talked. And I know I really don't know anything about him, but, of course, I got home and I'm, I'm thinking about him a lot. And when I think about him, he's sort of lit up, you know. He has this brightness around him. So I asked the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit starts talking about a con artist. And right away my mind goes to, oh, he's some kind of a, you know, user guy who's probably married and flirting with somebody. <laughs> and then it turned out what the Holy Spirit was saying was that my ego is the con artist. 
and that it'll and that I will fill this scenario with what I've done over my whole lifetime of finding fault with men, distrusting them, mostly because, you know, of my own inadequacies as a female, you know, whatever it is, uh, my ego's been telling me about that. And I realize that, I, that, that those thoughts scare me and then cause me to be cool or distant or um, inappropriately unfriendly to people, <laughs> uh, when really this is just somebody being friendly, and, and it is a divine one. I mean, you know, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for the divinity in everyone. So this is God approaching me and being generous about an interest in who I am and what I do. And if I listen to the ego, I'm likely to shut off something that could be a really beautiful friendship. And who knows what else. But this has been a lifetime of being conned by my ego. And uh, it's just great to have the Holy Spirit to guide my mind back to this heaven that turns out is here and is and I'm a part of and uh and here is really what I need to dismiss. I'm complete. Oh lovely Wendy. Yeah thank you, thank you Wendy. Thank, thank you so thank much. You, Wendy. Way to go in hearing what the Holy Spirit was really saying to you. Good job. Thanks, Wendy. It's Chris. I join you in being aware of being inappropriately unfriendly. (laughs) I'm complete. Thanks, everybody. Let me just mention that we've had to mute one line. Um, there just seems to be some line noise. And, uh, and I'll remind that when we're not speaking, it's helpful to be on mute, um, either with the mute on your device or by star six. Thanks, that's all. It's really fun to have um, to know the technical crew. Remember in TV in the 60s, suddenly there would be a sign with this this um, that would say, "This is this program is temporarily um, uh, ended with um, due to something circumstances beyond our control or something," and we never know who, knew who those people were. But now we know the people are Lee. <laughs> And and Reverend Regent and whoever else. I mean, <laughs> just an aside there. I'm cool. You know, those signs were all funny there. Cartoon characters with shovels trying to get things squared away. Technical difficulties, please wait. Wendy, that's a really fun development. 
thanks for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, everybody. Wendy, can I um, share something that's been of help to me when I've been in a situation like that? Please. What I have done when I have, was attracted to someone, and I did this with Lucky, is I just asked, how could I bless this person? Simply. That really helped me. I'm complete. Thanks, Sharon. I like that. Thanks, Sharon. Sharon, I missed that. Can you say it again, please? When I was in a situation when I was attracted to someone, and this was true with Lucky, is I just simply asked, how can I bless this person? And it really helped me. Helped me take away any fear that I had. Helped me flow. Thank you. Oh, love that. Thanks. This is Rob. I don't think it's any different in saying, how can I bless this person, than asking for help from the Holy Spirit, because that is the thing that brings the blessing from your own mind, just as Jesus' rise says so. And it's no different than deciding you need a parking place in Manhattan while you're up in Connecticut. But if you place the umbrella of the Holy Spirit's wishes over yours and accept what will happen, you will change materially what will appear to happen in the world. You literally pay your trust forward and gain the remuneration from it as you enter the situation that you have offered your trust to. It happens in all sorts of situations. My friend who got me the course used it to get, get to, to pass upset, ranting persons who were going to skewer the next honky that comes by and I'm going to... And he would bless them the way you did by asking the Holy Spirit to bless this situation and 
and say, good evening, to the man, and the man would reply, good evening, sir. Are you on the way to the theater? Yes. Well, I hope you enjoy the performance. And they would pass, and you would hear him go back to his horrible internal rant. And you would know that the Holy Spirit was there because you had invoked it. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. There's one sense in which I um I recognize that uh, carrying Holy Spirit with me. Um, I don't wrestle with how much immaterially uh, um, I can I can say or claim that anything is altered um, as a result of the Holy Spirit's work with me. Um, but if He isn't parting the waters materially, He parts the waters in terms of my fear, and that's where um, everything is so significantly changed because it's when it's when those waters close in on me. That um, that I, I completely lose my way, and I absolutely trust that that Holy Spirit, that right mind, that can step in to alter my perception, is capable of parting those waters. Um, along those lines, I just thought I'd uh, feature two uses of the word blessing in this reading. One is that very beautiful sentence that says, not one thought that God has ever had, but waited for your blessing to be born. Hmm. There's something else that awaits my blessing. And uh, I read of that in 36. What cause have you for anger in a world which merely waits your blessing to be free. Nothing was created without my blessing. Nothing is free within my world until it finds my blessing. Um, and that's only so in the sense that, and entirely so, in the sense that the world I stand at the center of is either free or bound as I am. And he, of course, goes into that more when he says, God turns to you to ask the world be saved for by your own salvation is it healed. So I could say as well, the world awaits my blessing to be healed. But it's my salvation that accords that blessing. It's my freedom from what has ensnared me that frees the world. So just a few more thoughts there. Thanks, I'm complete. Yes. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. And that was a blessing. 
Thank you, Lee. Hey, could you give us a reference to that first quote? The first one, at, who is that, Micah? Oh, I'm sorry, it's Lucky. Oh, <laughs> good morning, Lucky. Um, mm-hmm. The first quote would have been at the end of 33. No spark of life but was created with your glad consent as you would have it be. And not one thought that God has ever had but waited for your blessing to be born. I hope that's the one you meant. Yeah, it was. Thank you. Uh-huh. You know, the fact that this follows after rules for decision, I just uh, would like to mention that uh, there's a scripture verse in the Bible that says uh, this for your freedom. Uh, I've forgotten it, but for some reason... uh, but the point of where I want to go is the beginning of, of uh, the Rules for Decision. Uh, it mentions about um, a set uh, developing uh, and not to become preoccupied with every decision. So how can that be accomplished uh, well, this section, I think, is really the highlight of that, and it's, uh, for me, uh, it's what I think uh, is the ultimate goal that begins this section, uh, this this paragraph in the new beginning, and is highlighted in this section, and that's to truly be free, free of all fear, free of the fear of making bad decisions, free of the belief that I have to ask for help with every decision. might be a bold claim here, but I believe that that's what the set is. The set is becoming attuned with my right mind. I get attuned to the freedom of walking in the fellowship with the truth of what is. And in that state of mind, nothing is against me. That's what this section would tell me. Nothing is ever against me. When my mind has been healed of that false perception, I'm free. My right mind is in full operation, attuned with the will that my Father wants me to know is always true. His love is absolute, and everything confirms that. It's only my ego's interpretation about anything that could happen that could be fearful. It's only that I need help with when fear arises. 
Otherwise, I'm free within this wonderful, beautiful, love relationship with everything that is. I'm complete. That was a very good discussion. Thanks, Bryce. Thank, thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Is that for me? This is Carl. That's that's establishing uh, the relationship with your true self, which is, uh, you know, just so so key to moving uh, into peace. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Great reminder. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. Thank you, everyone. We are coming to the close of our time this morning. Does anyone want to offer a closing prayer? I have a poem from Helen called The Second Chance. Poems. Thanks, Mary. The Second Chance. I have betrayed my God in many ways throughout the bitter nights and secret days. My hate drove deep into my mind and tore away the little love I had in store. I watched it go without regret, for I did not pause thereby. With hatred as a friend, I did not fear to lose it for a God I held more dear. For now I seemed secure by hate held fast and feeling I was safe from love at last. The eyes of Christ looked steadily on me as if my secret hate he did not see. I hugged it tight and hid it in my heart and still I held it from his love apart. Until one day, my eyes met his. And then my fingers opened and my heart. And when I looked away, a star was in my hand. Another in my heart. I listened. And his voice said silently to me, Now go and hate no more. And I said, be it so. So today go and hate no more. Be it so. Thank you. I'm good. And so it is. Oh, Mary, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Beautiful, Mary. Thank you. <laughs>